1: Let's get to it. Weekend editions here at Tale of city Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Willie J. this morning. And a lot to get to. It is snow-covered. It is not horribly slick, but uh, more than a dusting last night in the capital city. So welcome to Big Ten football. As earlier in the week, you had Nebraska weather, which meant mid-60s and putting for birdie. Now, fast forward to this weekend to close out the final, potentially final home game of the 2020 season. Minnesota uh, is in town. We'll see how that shakes out for Nebraska. Don't forget real red reaction immediately after Nebraska-Minnesota right here on ESPN Lincoln. Stream us ESPNLincoln.com. Your chance to sound off. Hopefully, the Nebraska seniors get sent out the right way, those that... Uh, truly have a final home game again the pause button is in full effect for 2020 so some of those seniors could be super seniors in 2021 for nebraska football but a lot to get to with nebraska some of the keys for victory today and uh, we, we we're we spent a lot of time this week about nebraska handling success on the gridiron stacking a couple of wins pushing towards that 500 record. What's on the horizon, bowl wise? All of that in play if Nebraska handles their business today. And uh, you've got a depleted Minnesota team that's got a good run game and uh, Mo Ibrahim rolling in Fleck and his crew. So it should be pretty tasty. And uh, you know what? Frost and Fleck one versus one. Uh, This is kind of the rubber match in their first three years together in the Big Ten. So we'll uh, spend some time. Uh, We'll rewind here with the Pirate, Mike Leach. Not only did he go karaoke for us with cowbells, but he talked about bra size and signage. All right. So pretty good stuff from the Pirate coming up in 20 minutes. We'll uh, check in with Brandon Vogel from com and Magazine. The Iron Horse, Gary Sharp. I think he has his snow shovel out. And, uh, of course, Cousin Dino Schmidt. Will uh, send us into the nine o'clock hour with his prediction: Nebraska, Minnesota. Can join us this morning if you're out in about four six six three seven seven six four six six thirty seven seventy six eight hundred eight two five five eight six five. Email Chris at Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore Radio. At Willie J is uh, where you can tweet at Will Wilson. So. Uh, we'll get to Nebraska-Minnesota in a moment. First, let us spend a brief moment or two on the I-80 rivalry. Good first half for Nebraska basketball. 44-40. And Nebraska able to survive some turnover issues in the first half. Uh, that was absolutely not the case in the second half. 25 25- total turnovers for nebraska basketball 32 percent of nebraska's possessions last night against creighton resulted in a turnover uh from upset to the outhouse nebraska was hanging around and then the uh, first four minutes of the second half kind of told the story creighton jumped out on a 7-0 run that run extended to a 23 to 2 run and overall, the run was thirty to eight. And uh, the, the biggest thing with this basketball team with Coach Hoyberg is, you start making bad passes, some bad decisions, you force things, and uh, a, a, a blind double team comes down, and you get your pocket picked. Uh, Creighton gets out in transition; they're phenomenal. Uh, with uh, Zagorowski and uh, uh, Mahoney uh, just lighting it up from outside. The inside game was good for Creighton, too, when they decided to do that. Didn't have to a lot of times. But Nebraska's turnovers and issues on offense, and you've seen it with past Nebraska basketball teams, it affects their defensive intensity and sometimes their defensive uh, effort. So you have a, a collection of dudes who have an edge to them, in this 2020-2021 Fred Hoiberg team. Uh, You have a lot of talent on this basketball squad, but what you don't have right now is a team that knows how to handle adversity very well. You saw it against Georgia Tech, and you saw it again against Creighton, and quite frankly, Creighton's a team that could be finding their way to the Final Four. If I could see Iowa and Creighton play this year, uh, I I would— watch that repeatedly because it'd be bombs away from the outside and you know iowa i was a hell of a team this year as well yes i said that forgive me uh father for i have sinned but they're really really awesome <laughs> did and, they win last night uh, yeah they were rolling iowa state and but this nebraska basketball team it just <sighs> driving home from from uh, the mercado piedmontese we are roadshow friday me and jay moore awesome stuff at piedmontese was listening to to pavelka and, and i love Kenny and, and, and Jake and uh, you know it's you had some guys that were just even in the first half we're, we're forcing it a bit uh, we're making some some tough decisions and I, I want to just spend a minute here on Nebraska's paint we'll get to football I promise but you had Lat again and you're asking him to play that five spot and it, it just needs to be better for him on offense and, and it, it wasn't and I love Ivan's effort to, to rebuild his body. And Ivan's a dude that, that really tries hard and, and puts his best effort forth. And it just needs to be better. And I think he'd tell you that. I think the coaches would tell you that. In and, and the last couple of games, there needs to be more finishes by the big man when he's got a bunny down low. He's he shed weight so he can be more explosive around the rim. And, and he's big enough to be able to go up and, and let's rock the rim a little bit. I mean, he's got a little bit better vertical now because of shedding some of that weight. And I'll say this for Ivan, uh, is as inconsistent as he can be at times, I think the big picture thing with Ivan could be pretty good for Nebraska. Because remember, the kid was only 17 from France when he came over. You know, what type of progress, what type of jumps can he make? Long term, you get a kid that young that that's physically gifted, right? With that body, um, you just got to continue to to chop wood with him on on some offensive skills. Find a, a comfort zone and just work on the, the coordination part. We've all seen this, man. I mean, growing up, there was a kid, and, and I'm not calling Ivan an eighth grader, but I'm saying there's always a kid or two in your class uh, when you hit uh, seventh, eighth, or ninth grade that had. You know, gorilla legs. <laughs> he started shaving when he was thirteen, right? Yeah. And 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 maybe he could uh, pull off the um, the old pack of smokes, right? Wouldn't sure. get carted, but the guy couldn't catch a ball to save his life because his coordination was all jacked. You, you know, I, I'm not I'm not saying that that Ivan's coordination's jacked, but there needs to be better hands. Yeah, all definitely. right. Uh, let's hear it from Fred Hoiberg real quick before we get into Nebraska, Minnesota. And, uh, you know what, uh, the, the practiced emphasis in the day prep for Creighton was not turning the, the, the basketball over. Uh, it'll be key today in football. It killed Nebraska yesterday in basketball.
2: Well, you know, that, that's been the big focus the last two days of practice has been getting back to movement. You know, we've, we've done a phenomenal job early in the, in the preseason in our practices of moving and making simple plays. We do three simple play drills every day when the defense converges. You come to a jump stop and you make a two-hand pass. You know, things you do, uh, you know, in elementary school, just trying to get our guys to understand if we make simple plays, we've got enough players out there and weapons uh, that can knock down shots or start a chain reaction and attack a long closeout. Uh, we had some good possessions of movement in the first half, but we still tried to get in those small spaces and small gaps. Uh, so 25 turnovers, again, 12 in the first half, you know, to only be down four points, uh, you know, we obviously did some really good things besides that. So, you know, it, it, again, when you turn the ball over and then you get them out in transition, they just, you know, they just they just crush us with that. Tonight, we have to have a much better, much better urgency of sticking with it for the entire 40 minutes. If you don't, you're not going to be a team of this caliber.
1: More from Hoiberg. It it looked better, at least for a half. You know how miserable last season was at a lot of different points. (laughs) It was miserable against Creighton uh, last year. At least you had a half of, well, you know what, they're they're, they're in it. Uh, More from the mayor.
2: I mean, we'll look at both, Chris. Uh, that, that's what you do. You try to build on the positives and then fix the things that you need to work on. And there's plenty There's plenty of both. There's plenty of both tonight. Uh, to be in it like we were, you know, last time we were here, the game was over before the first media timeout. Uh, you know, tonight we, we played, I thought, uh, uh, besides the turnovers, a pretty damn good half, uh, you know, to be down two possessions against this team coming off a devastating loss where we knew they were going to come out with fire and focus. Uh, but, you know, again, I, I just, that, what was it, about a five or six-minute run where they go on a 23-to-two run on us, and it's it's done. It's over. you got to find a way to withstand those runs. We talked about that coming into this game. First half, we were phenomenal. They get up eight, we cut that thing back down to two. Uh, second half, it just, you know, goes from 10 to 20 to 25, and it's over. So, you know, it's just a concerted effort of sticking together and continuing to do the things that made you successful – for the first 25 minutes of the game. We didn't do a good enough job of that.
1: A couple more thoughts from Fred Hoiberg, Hale Varsity Radio Weekend. Uh, Fred, excited to get back to practice. Nebraska, a bit of a break before they gear up uh, on the horizon. Of course, uh, Big Ten action, Michigan looms road trip to Wisconsin and uh, Fred's in search of that new formula as they try and regroup
2: well I'm ex- I'm excited to get back on a practice court you know we had the one day to, to prepare for this one after you know the tough loss against Georgia Tech the other night you know now we get to get back to the basics and, and uh, you know try to find a formula to keep us going for for 40 minutes and uh, I'm excited about getting back in the practice court. I think our guys are too. This is a group that has pride. That's one thing I've learned about them. Uh, they're going to come in with focus. We have to, by rule, take a three-day break, uh, the, the three-day break that we have to take, that all teams have to take. Uh, but when we get back out there for those six or seven practices before we face Wisconsin, uh, you know, it's going to be hard. It's going to be demanding. It's going to be physical. And we have to get back to the basics and do those better. Um, you know, if we do that, I'm confident this team uh, can win some games once we start playing in the Big Ten.
1: Final thought from Fred here. Um, the gap, uh, is it as wide as Lincoln to Omaha?
2: Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, Coach Mack has done a great job of building this program up, and it's a team that has, uh, you know, guys that have been together for th- the last three years, and it's got a lot of experience and a ton of talent, and guys that can shoot it from all over the floor. It's a very difficult team uh, to play to prepare for and play against, especially, uh, on a short prep, you know, give them credit. They've done a phenomenal job of building this program to where it is right now. I still feel great about our future. You know, I, I feel good about uh, a lot of the pieces that we have in our roster and I feel great about the recruiting class that we just signed. So we're going to be fine. Uh, you know, we're going to continue to work and, and get better. We have nine new faces on this team. That's not an excuse. That's reality. Uh, but we're going to get better and we're going to keep fighting and swinging and, 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 uh, try to correct a lot of things that we need to work on. But, you know, to answer your question, Kevin, I'm really excited about the future of our program.
1: You've seen glimpses. You saw a half. You know you've got some high-level talent. It just needs to come together. And uh, we'll see if Nebraska can regroup as they lock in for Big Ten play. Chris Schmidt, uh, Willie J, Weekend Edition, Hale Varsity Radio. So Nebraska drilled ninety eight seventy four. By Creighton. Uh, speaking of drilling, that happened in Minneapolis last year. The Big Red uh, embarrassed, uh, emasculated by Minnesota 34-7. Is it different, this game for Nebraska football? And there's a lot on the line. You've seen progress the last couple of games. Uh, you'll never forget the Illinois <laughs> incident, right? Right. And Nebraska has fought to play this football season. Do they go out like they've been playing? And that's with extremely physical defense in the front, uh, great team tackling uh, with all levels. And do you get a run game and do you get a clean from a turnover standpoint, football game by your offense today. And Willie J., you look at the advantages here for Nebraska. Let's talk personnel. And Nebraska's good to go uh, in the weekly fight against COVID. Nebraska's been good to go against the COVID monster that looms out there that's canceled too many football games in 2020. Minnesota uh, down 20 players. So let's talk about motivation Nebraska's motivated to to get closer to five hundred. Nebraska's motivated to stack wins consecutively. I think there's some some motivation by Minnesota, obviously. There's some guys that want to go out there and play, but you know, Nebraska's a ten and a half point favorite. You know, what's the gas tank like in reality on top of the Rust versus Rest thing? Uh, Wisconsin's the team I looked at this year with Rust versus Rest. They came off and blew away Michigan. After missing the Nebraska game, uh, Wisconsin came out against Indiana last weekend after, again, having to pause due to a canceled football game. And they were just all sorts uh, uh, out of sync and out of sorts. Nebraska's been able to stack games. They've, they've missed one game, and that's Wisconsin, right? right? Uh, you look at Minnesota right now, they've got a run game, they've got a quarterback but the the key to Nebraska is is how have they started right? Nebraska football uh, got out, blocked punt, bang, you're up seven. Rip, it turns into seventeen nothing against Purdue. Uh, how'd you start against uh, Iowa? Well, not great. You were down ten nothing, but you stabilized and. You were able to get a score before half, a big sack before half against Iowa. Then he took the opening second half kickoff and went and, and doubled up the score, right? So you were able to jump out and, and do your thing, and you were up seven points at one point in time in that ball ballgame. Uh, same with Nebraska. They opened up the second half uh, scoring uh, against Purdue last week. So uh, we'll see if Nebraska goes on defense by their own choice uh, for, for a, a, a third straight game.
0: Interesting.
1: I mean, it. You know, Frost always wants the football, and right. they want to jump out. Nebraska's defense has done a really good job of carrying the water this year. So get out early, get an early score. Let's just see how much Minnesota wants to be in the winter wonderland. They're used to it, you know. <laughs> uh, you gotta focus in, and I, I, I wouldn't say this normally, just because Captain Morgan from Minnesota has been really pretty good in his career. Doesn't have the weapons this year. Do you make him in this climate try and beat you throwing the ball? You you've seen Nebraska's secondary be able to man up. Yeah. Did so well against Penn State's receiving core. You know what they did against Bell and uh and, and Rondale Moore last week. Do you just absolutely stack the box to make sure it's second and eight? every second down after that first down handoff to Moe Ibrahim you can't let Moe get going downhill right because Minnesota's going to hold the football they're going to crank out first downs they're going to try and run it and the counter to that is you just load up extra sauce so to speak to stop the run I I think you do uh, if, if it's not working with your normal three four or maybe you go four man front I mean that's Minnesota's offense this year's Mo Ibrahim, and he's been incredible. Interesting. Um, and, and the last thought here too is get explosive on offense. Easier said than done, but look at what Nebraska's been able to do as they've progressed a little bit on offense. Assuming there's no flag on the play that negates a thirty yard gain, which has happened. You saw uh, Nebraska with bets on the little jet sweep. Crank out a 45-yard uh, air quote pass for a for a big touchdown, explosive play against Penn State. Uh, you saw Rondale, I should say, uh, Wandale get loose uh, a few times last week in in with some big plays. You saw some nice runs by by Adrian against Purdue. You also saw Austin Allen down the seam that could have been a 60-yard touchdown. So Nebraska's explosive plays uh, are, are obviously key to this offense. But they're getting more consistent with that. Minnesota allows seven and a half yards per play. That is the worst in football. So despite the climate today, (laughs) uh, Mm -hmm. that is there based on what film shows and says for the Minnesota defense. Real simple. Get out early, get your lead, get comfortable, get settled in. Uh, shut down Ibrahim. He can't be going Ricky Williams 1998 on you. And then find a way to get explosive plays in the offense. Either with the quarterback run game, with Mills running the football, get your tight ends involved, find uh, find Wandale over the middle again, yeah. to get him some stuff after the catch. And you've got to match and exceed the physicality, period. End of discussion. That's what Minnesota was all about last year. They came out without hoodies and without sleeves. And they were all about the polar bear type weather in Minneapolis last year. Nebraska's got to be every inch as physical. They have shown the ability to embrace that. They did that absolutely. Uh, last uh, Through lots of this season, they've been as physical and they've matched that physicality against Iowa. They were way more physical than Purdue. They were physical enough against Penn State. They showed good physicality. Against Ohio State this year the game that they didn't show up from a physicality standpoint and they got owned on the line of scrimmage was against Illinois that 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 memory is still burned not only into the fan base but the, the players don't want a, a a a letdown a similar type letdown against uh, Minnesota today but you got to come out and you just got to be able to to stand up to what Minnesota's been pretty good at under Fleck and that's being good. Uh, strength-wise on the lines of scrimmage. Nebraska has the dudes that can do that. When I think of Robinson, I think of Rodgers, I think of Snacks, I think of Stilly, I think of Honus, uh, I think of Nebraska's secondary. I mean, I look at both Safeties and Dismuke and Deontay Williams. Those guys are physical. Cam Taylor-Britt's physical boodle physical for a corner so i think nebraska's got the dudes and the mentality they just got to go out and do it now what you can't have either as we'll hear from the pirate coming up mike leach with us you can't let you can't let minnesota just hang around and it's very simply said but the longer you let a team just kind of hang around maybe minnesota says you know we traveled it's cold outside might as well try and just win this damn thing don't give them any hope. Don't let them hang around. Come out and uh, and just put the hammer down. Simply said, that's how it needs to work today for Nebraska as they kick off on FS1 at 11 o'clock. But uh, a couple thoughts from you, Willie J. First on hoops, second on football. You feeling good? Uh, about football first secondly nebraska basketball you're a diehard husker hoops fan again you have a mikey moore jersey uh and are you discouraged about
0: last night uh two spectrums there yeah let me start with football Shreddy, you nailed it you nailed it i think i, I want to see wandale taking those like semi-deep passes i Just like give me that. the digger out baby yes.
1: give me the nine yard over the middle Good luck trying to stay with him. Let him hit the air brakes. They'll fly right by. He is so quick and explosive, changing direction. He's yes. fun, man. Oh, my
0: God. He is fun, and they're getting him the football. Yeah, yeah. I mean, last year, that trip to Minnesota seemed pointless. Did you to go? be honest, I did. I did, too. Me and yep. Searles were up there uh, drinking grain belt and going, what the <laughs> hell's going on here? It wasn't, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. Uh, you know, the one thing that I'm thinking about this game is the last time that we won, we came out flat. Against Illinois. It was awful. So I want to see how this team reacts to this second win. See if it's any different. I hope it's different. I expect it to be different. And basketball, Schmidt, man, that was, that was, uh, well, it's nothing that we haven't seen before. It uh, seemed like an average trip to Creighton, you know, even though there was no fans there. Creighton's a good team, man. They oh, can They're, shoot. they're
1: nails. Yeah. They, they can shoot. They can get out in transition. They are uh very, very talented mm-hmm. but I see Nebraska's talent i just it just wears you out when there's twenty five turnovers and think about it yeah. i mean you had you had fifteen against Georgia Tech, you had eleven uh, I think against South Dakota, you're just not taking care of the basketball, and it's just simple entry passes or right. getting the ball picked from you yeah. and then it just it it snowballs that's
0: what Fred said he said it's fundamentals like you, those are the one things that you have to have down. Um, but the Creighton game, I don't know, Schmidt. I don't really remember the end of it, to be honest. Uh, so was
1: that good a night? Yeah. What'd
0: you do? The Modellos were rolling, uh, playing some oh, poker with some friends. You're, you're
1: uh, a Modello so. guy. Are you, yeah. are you the, uh, the, uh, the dark Modello or the regular Modello? the regular, baby. My man, I'm a Modello guy. Oh, we're a right. big Mexican beer fan in the Schmidt household. He's good. You a lime or no? Oh, yeah. Okay, oh, good. Oh, yeah. So. How many Modellos did we have? Uh, a couple tall
0: boys, uh, a couple cans. You okay, just two. Uh, well, you, you didn't, know. you didn't, you didn't, you didn't match beer per turnover last night. No, it was about seven or eight. We'll put it that way. It was Good it, for you. Early, and, and early and in
1: bed. Okay. You know. <laughs> the Modello sleeper <laughs> <laughs> for Willie J. And hey, you have trouble sleeping last night? No, my friend Modello came over and helped me. It was awesome. Well done, uh, Willie J. Uh, we'll take a quick time out and rewind. Coming up on the weekend edition hail varsity radio espn lincoln our chat with the pirate mike leach you'll love this it's hail varsity we're presented by the nebraska lottery
2: early to rise with hail varsity radio the voice of husker nation here's chris schmidt and mark crainer
1: hello coach you doing all right
3: yeah, shoot, we're getting ready to go out to practice, get ready for another one here, you know?
1: Well, that's the way it is, and i got to ask you, uh, how's it worked out for you? Mike Leach with us here on ALVAR City Radio. You're down to slim and none when it comes to your scholarship numbers. How have you navigated that in the last couple of weeks? You got Auburn this weekend.
3: Yeah, we're gaining ground a little. We're still below the limit or whatever, but... Um, Anyways, it it is what it is and then, you know, so it's kind of mixed. I mean, on one hand, um, you don't want to be short handed, but the other hand, you really don't want to miss the opportunity to play, you know.
1: Well, that's kinda of the message here in Lincoln. Scott Frost and Nebraska have been very adamant all year, obviously, about playing ball, and it's not gone well some weekends. It's gone well other weekends, but it's about getting better, and you get better by playing. Has that been your message to your kids?
3: Yeah, that's totally been our message, and um, and you know the thing is, is uh, with all the disruption, I mean, it's uh, you know it's pretty difficult to uh, consistently. perform at the level you'd like and of course we're a very young team so that was going to be an adventure anyway but um but the thing is is uh you know you still want to, you want to get those reps in i mean there's a lot of good stuff happening out there and we're, we're got guys getting better and things like that and um and you really want to continue that
1: coach uh do you how do you stay patient? with youth you, you can see flashes and this isn't your first rodeo building a program
3: it's, it's up and down it's highs and lows i mean it's really exciting to see them improve and then there'll be some bonehead thing that uh you look out there and you say i can do that myself which uh <laughs> um yeah you know, just it, it, it is i mean it's it, it, it's it's uh, both extremes. Very fulfilling. and Very frustrating.
1: I got to ask you are you are you in a, a kitchen or a uh, a kind of a, a work slash break room? You, you got the you got some rattling around yeah, going I'll tell on. You, here's
3: what's going on here. You'll like this. Uh, Okay, so it's a cowbell. So I'm signing stuff, footballs and cowbells, and see, we're a big cowbell university. So, so it was, uh, I'm signing some cowbells, and they sound like this. <laughs> so we got a bunch of cowbells here, and so I'm signing some for the the good folks of uh, Mississippi State. I,
1: I like that the uh, the, the cowbell. And I don't have just the uh, the the instrumental to to don't fear the reaper. But, man, I wish I did, because you could play along.
3: We could, for sure.
1: Mike Leach with us on Hale Varsity Radio. So, I want to jump into the, the transfer portal with you on on how that is to navigate in 2020. And if you put your college football czar hat on uh would you would you have it as wide open as it is or are you just dealing with it
3: just deal with it i mean um you know i'm uh, just dealing with it that's all you can do i mean uh you know the transfer um you know you wonder if, if you're gonna have a transfer portal um you know, maybe we ought to, as, as, uh, as teams or coaches, you ought to be able to transfer some guys that they don't hold up their end, you know.
1: <laughs> so so cutting folks that aren't living up to expectations? Yeah,
3: I mean, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, guy says, hey, uh, you know, I want to go somewhere where I can play. Or, you know, there's some guys, you know, sometimes – a certain amount are just malcontent type of guys that you just missed on, you're just wrong about. And then the guy transfers, they want a different school, or well, we might want a different player, you know?
1: What's that like for you uh, when it comes to making contact with a kid? Obviously, you want to see him in person and, inv- and evaluate. You, you can't do that in 2020. But just overall, oh. through your experience...
3: Oh. Honestly, most of the players that we've had uh, transfer are guys that are looking for an opportunity to play for the most part, not all, for the most part. They're looking for a chance. They're down the depth chart. And they just want a chance to play. And that's. I, I think that's more legitimate. There are some cut-and-run guys. There's no question about that. Um, uh, but uh, I think that... Uh, you know, they're talking about some rule where uh, everybody gets a free transfer for one year and doesn't have to sit. Well, then if they do that, then everybody will just uh, strictly recruit off the transfer portal, you know. Yeah. Um, so I, don't, I think they need to be careful with this. I mean, uh, because, you know, when I was in college, hell, I wanted to cut and run a lot, you know. Okay. It's like, oh, this is hard. Yeah, it's hard. And then, um, but you know, there's a certain amount of growth and benefit to persevering and pushing through, and um, and the ability to uh, uh, the ability to do that is something that you learn. You're not just born with. And I think that uh, uh, you know, have, having to push through uh, uh, provides its own rewards. And I think that that's a uh, important thing that uh, we need to make sure doesn't get lost.
1: A few minutes, Mike Leach with us. Hale Varsity Radio head coach, Mississippi State. Big showdown with Auburn this weekend and coach right now is signing cowbells for all the Mississippi State fans and I'm sure a few Husker fans would uh, would send a cowbell your way if, if they had one. Uh, I gotta ask you with the, the conversation uh, when it comes to a kid, have you had kids... Look in the eye and say, Coach, here's my reason. And then does the conversation stay positive? Do you get ticked off? Does the kid get an attitude? You, you've had all, all instances, I'm, I'm, I'm sure.
3: What, the, the first part of the question, what did you say?
1: When it comes to the, the transfer part, do you have kids come tell you themselves or is it just something you find out after the fact?
3: Uh, both. Uh, but they uh, to go on the portal, they go through, they go to compliance. So you, um even if they don't come to you, you, you hear from compliance that they're going to. You know, and some kids, I mean, it's all shapes and sizes. Sometimes yeah. the guy's just discouraged, and you need to pep him up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes the guy's uh, a bad attitude guy, and he beats you to the portal before. Uh, uh, you know, you are inclined to encourage him to move on. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a guy down the depth chart that you really have kind of a lot of uh, um, admiration for, you know, that tries hard, plays hard, does everything you ask him. He just wants an opportunity to play. And then, yet, and you know, at least in my case, I actively uh, will call around and try to, you know, uh, find some people to uh, – you know, there would be a good opportunity for him, and then, um, um, and then some have just been guys that oh, I don't know, like a young guy just gets discouraged prematurely, and rather than stick it out, uh, um, uh, where you know odds are high, he would have been successful if he kept pushing and kept trying. Um, you know, he didn't give himself that apple opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, goes on the transfer portal, and and those type of guys, uh, you'll see them on the portal again. The you know the following year. You know, some guys are, some guys are perpetual portal guys, and um, and uh, you know, and I think that's a bad approach.
1: What's an instance? You said that there were times you wanted to cut and run. Who gave you the advice to stick it out? Obviously, you've um, had moments where you've had to, to persevere persevere through things, but is there a moment you think back to uh, either undergrad, law school, coaching, whatever? Well,
3: you know, I I went to college, uh, and I I graduated in eight semesters, which is a little quicker than I'd recommend. I should have smelled the roses more. Yeah, Um, About 17. I should have smelled the roses more, but, you know, I mean, it's all the same thing with everybody, if you think about it. It's really generally speaking it's it's the same with everybody you, you know you have a bad day you feel sorry for yourself you got all of a sudden you know a midterm a paper and two other papers and then a surprise pop quiz all the stuff you know you get overwhelmed with your academics you start to feel sorry for yourself you think maybe I should do something else is it all worth it you start to feel sorry for yourself uh, you know Four years of school, or if you, in my case, if you go to law school, that's a long time. You know, you feel sorry for yourself. You just got to boost yourself up. And I, I found that just kind of uh, uh, trying to be around positive people, listening to positive people that have achieved things, um, I could draw my own encouragement out of that. Some of it was subtle, some of it's just maybe a nice person or a stranger you met. Mm -hmm. Some of it were friends that I could confide in. Um, Basically they just listen and you get it off your chest. And just by articulating it, you create your own clarity to a situation. I can't say I was always right, Mm -hmm. uh, but I think that it definitely helped. And it uh, offered me a chance to make the right decision a lot of times. Um, And, uh, I don't know. You just you just got to keep pushing. You got to keep uh, showing up. And, uh, you know, all you can do every day is uh, is uh, believe in yourself and do the best you can. And I think in the end, that will take you quite far.
1: Mike Leach with us on Hale City Radio. Coach, hang on the line. If you got a couple more minutes, we'll get into some more uh, signing topics, some of the things you've signed that's uh, unique in your career. Mike Leach with us, Hale Varsity Radio coach, uh, sitting in, getting ready for practice, signing cowbells. Uh, we could play name that tune, but I, I want to ask you a: uh, what, What's the the coolest or the um, most unique thing you've signed in your career? And I know there's a lot of books out there, swing your sword that have autographs. I don't
3: I don't know about cool, but unique. I was okay. So I I said a signing. I was at a signing um, at Texas Tech. You know, and after spring, after the spring uh, game, we would have uh, uh, we would have uh, uh, autograph signing. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and so uh, there's a there's a lady back there, an older lady, and she's a she's a big older lady. And um, and she comes up and you know kind of laughing, blushing, laughing and blushing, and she comes up and she holds up this bra. Oh wow! And I mean this this bra we're talking uh, volleyball size, okay? And, and I, I don't know what the the letters of the alphabet would be, but uh,
1: multiple D's, you know
3: you know, it's a, it's that uh, higher volleyball. Okay. And, and, and so then, um, and she's, you know, sort of, uh, embarrassedly laughing. Uh, I, I, as she did it, and then you can see by her t-shirt that that was the, the, the one that she, uh, awarded the game that day. Okay. Cause you, you can, you can see that at some point it was pulled off.
4: Uh-huh.
3: And then, um, behind her are kind of her, her, and I'm assuming her adult kids
4: mm-hmm.
3: they're younger than her but her adult kids it's almost like mom lost a bet or something or, or they dared her or something and so they're back there just laughing right and she brings up the bra and says would you sign this well I'm happy to sign nearly everything and um, <clears throat> so yep sure enough I signed a signed a big bra.
1: So you got to sign a bra, but have you ever had to sign, or I shouldn't say have to? Uh, have you been asked to sign cleavage before?
3: Uh, uh I, I, I went at the top, kind of between the neck and the cleavage. I uh, basically I agreed to uh, shoot high. Yeah, okay, I, sure. I did have a I did have a, a guy come up one time, and. No, I mean, as long as he enjoys it, I guess it's a good thing. But um, uh, he has me sign his arm, okay, autograph his arm, because he's planning. As soon as it's, uh, you know, as soon as it's done, from there, he's gonna go uh, get it tattooed on his arm, okay. Um, And I thought. Um, tattooing my signature to an arm, I wouldn't encourage anyone to, um, uh, I would think very carefully about a move like that, but, um, uh, hopefully he's still satisfied with my signature tattooed to his arm.
1: The back to the aiming high portion of the interview between cleavage and neck was, was the technique solid? Were you shaky or not? Um,
3: No, not shaky at all. Um, Not shaky at all. But uh, I'm left-handed, so um, so it's naturally kind of a a shaky signature to begin with. Uh, Left-handers will relate to this um, because if it's going to smear, you're kind of screwed. You don't get a rest. uh, You don't get a rest. Your hand. Um, down while you write like a righty does. Because uh, a lefty, if you rest your hand down and, and right, it's going to smear it, gotcha. you know? Yes. And so you try not to do that.
1: Coach, last thought before we let you go. Uh bowl picture, everyone's able to go bowling. The bowl options continue to shrink. Do you guys think you'll have an opportunity? And could uh, we get Moose on the horn and – Put together Mississippi State Nebraska showdown somewhere. I don't know. It
3: sounds like though we will have the chance to go to a bowl, just you know, because of the slots.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: I would be excited about uh, another game, you know, under any circumstances. And um, uh, so, but it does. Uh, it does look like uh, we signed a thing the other day that. Uh, Yes, we are excited to go to a bowl if given the opportunity.
1: Well, best of luck this weekend. You feel pretty good practice. I know you're going to head to the last practice before walkthrough and all that, but good week for you guys as Auburn rolls in?
3: I think we've had a pretty good week of practice. You know, we need to keep progressing and keep getting better that way, but uh, I think we have had a good week.
1: Well, Coach, keep signing those cowbells, and uh, Merry Christmas to you and the family, and we'll do this again. Thanks for jumping on with us.
3: All right, absolutely. Always good to talk to you.
1: Pirates a party, man. That was uh, quite fun and entertaining this week. Uh, Mike Leach, a lot of topics aside from signing bras and cowbells that coach hit on and and coaches are dealing with it. Nebraska's dealing with it when it comes to the transfer portal and just guys that that bounce out early. And uh, as a coach, you got to approach it different ways. Does the guy need a arm around him to say, hey, just keep grinding, you'll get better? Is the guy frustrated because he's used to catching 15 passes a quarter in high school and ball's not coming to me, so I'm out. I mean there there's it, it's not a one size fits all issue. And you got to you got to play psychologist, you got to play parent, you got to play cheerleader, you got to you got to play reality check counselor as well for uh a lot of college football kids and then you factor in that oh we may, we may not play this Saturday because of COVID. I mean, I, I you've all dealt, we've all dealt with different situations this 2020 season just in life and in work and then it it spills over to the entertainment and joy you get from sports and think about being the athlete during this thing that's what's so remarkable about what nebraska's done and i know that it's not been perfect but the fact that they've had very few a guys opt out i mean they haven't had any but b that just the, the discipline this team has shown because of their head coach, because of the assistant coaches, just the program in general, how locked in and passionate they were. And and that kind of emanated from just how vocal the head coach and the program and and athletic director moves. Everybody was on the same page, but they fought to do this. And if you don't get what Nebraska – did Ohio State doesn't jump on board? You don't have the old, the stodgy Big Ten reevaluate their rules this week to get your best playoff team a chance to stay in the playoff. I mean, it's it's kind of a trickle down. And even if you got out of the SEC, I mean, you hear uh, Nebraska's voice and passion and backbone that that gave some some hope and some life to a lot of programs that. Don't kid yourself, even in SEC country or ACC country had to battle to get the green light. So now you fast forward to December 12th, you've uh, come this far. You might as well just finish it out the right way if you're Nebraska for potentially your final home game of 2020. We have no earthly idea. Uh, officially from the Big Ten, what's going to happen next week for December 19th for Champions Weekend. You know it's Northwestern, you know it's Ohio State and Indy, but what else happens? Get through today, get another win, get closer to 500, make that postseason a reality to continue to better your program if you're Nebraska football. Show the ability to come out and keep momentum. After a road win last weekend, get a home win and send some of your seniors out the right way and then just keep trucking forward. Hour 2 is on the way. Brandon Vogel coming up with Hale Varsity Radio. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday morning
5: show presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmitz.
0: Y'all do not even know he was a virgin until he's 28. And now, Roll time.
5: And Mark Kranak.
0: Time has
4: come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is
0: me.
1: Back to it, Hour 2. It's weekend edition. Hail, Varsity Radio. Presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Willie J. Mr. Mark Kranak is on assignment. Good stuff from Coach Leach earlier last hour. And we kind of broke down some thoughts on Nebraska-Minnesota briefly uh recap nebraska creighton hoops we welcome in a guy who was one hell of a point guard and i never vogues what what position did you play out in western nebraska in football uh
6: wide receiver and defensive back
1: Uh (laughs) did you enjoy defensive back or wide out more (laughs)
6: <laughs> I did not enjoy defensive back uh, very much. <laughs> there was one game my freshman year where a couple of guys got hurt, a couple of seniors, and I got out, thrown out there as a freshman. Uh, I think Drew two, uh two pass interference penalties. Uh, I may have argued one of them and may have gotten an enforcement like conduct penalty uh, it, So. It started off bad by, by the time, you know, we got to junior senior year I at least felt comfortable back there. But no, I, I I was a guy who who needed the rock to uh to get going.
0: So
1: did you object to zone coverage? It's the best delicate way I can ask it.
6: <laughs> no i didn't uh which probably tells you how good of a defensive back i was um you know especially at that level it's kind of like <clears throat> playing man's easier but you know we had basically three coverages uh a cover two a cover three and then kind of a mixture so pretty much just uh rotated between one of those three most of the time and i think, you know this was, this was, this was pre, pre-spread football, so teams weren't really slinging it around a whole lot out there either.
1: <laughs> Brandon Vogel's with us, managing editor, HaleVarsity.com and magazine, at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. His book with John Cook, Dream Like a Champion. So I, I like uh, a little Al Bundy time, and you're a, you're a good dude, and I can't, I can't picture you losing your bleep and getting a 15-yard penalty on top of a 15. That was kind of like, I don't know, uh, an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty after hitting a dude out of bounds, you know, on a Purdue sideline. <laughs> 30 yards of penalties, courtesy of Vogues. Well, well yeah. Uh, I,
6: let me tell you, I couldn't believe it either. I thought I had a very good point to make. I thought it was spurious pass interference called start with. I uh, tried to explain myself, and, uh, I, you know, that's why they had the whistle and I have a mouthpiece.
1: Well, you took your helmet off. You grabbed his whistle. I'm <laughs> kidding. So let's uh, fast forward it to, to today. What, what point will a victory prove for Nebraska football? Uh, what, what does a, a win mean? Let's go big picture versus the small picture because, man, uh, this season could flip on its ear the right way after feeling a certain way uh, a little less than a month ago.
6: Yeah, it really could, and it, it, this feels a little bit like, um, you know, it's got some shades of the Illinois game, which maybe <laughs> is not what people want to hear, but, it, you know, Minnesota is expected to be at least somewhat shorthanded, haven't played in a while. Nebraska's at home, and it has a little bit of, bit of momentum. Uh, can they just go out and kind of deal with the little bit of success they've had so far? Um, and if they can, then you, you stack a little bit more on top of that because all of a sudden you're looking at if Nebraska wins here, um, you know, the, the final record, sure, it'd be nice to get to 500 or even with the potential of a bowl game, maybe a winning record if you win out. But just the difference, uh, like how far they've come already since that Illinois game, you know, you're looking at get a win here, played played Northwestern within eight, played Iowa within six, didn't get the chance to measure yourself against Minnesota, all of a sudden that, that Illinois game looks a little bit like like a really bad day. And that doesn't mean you can just throw it in the garbage and forget about it. Um, it still happened and it's still an issue. Um, but things definitely would be trending up. Uh, it, you get that win today.
1: Brandon Vogel's with us, hailvarsity.com and magazine. Your I 80 podcast is must listen to on the at Media Network and uh, you, you drop that about every Thursday. So when folks get to go to games again, they can listen to it on their way to the stadium. What What did you explore? What did you dive into deep dive-wise with Minnesota? What What is this gopher team to you?
6: Um, there, there's some, some shades of, of last year's Northwestern, which I think matters more when you turn the page to, to 2021. And we don't. We definitely don't need to go there yet. But they're, they're, they're elite, uh, or at least achieving at an elite level offensively, uh, super efficient. Nebraska's the defining trait of Nebraska's offense so far this year is it, it has been on schedule uh, a good amount of the time. Minnesota is even better in that regard. The defense is the complete opposite end of the spectrum um, <laughs> rank in the bottom three in, in all of kind of the success rate categories I look at each week. So spend some time on the podcast, talking through that, um, you know, it's come up a lot, but just their yards per play allowed and their yards per rush allowed are, are at the bottom of the, the heap nationally. So it would have been reasonable to expect some kind of decline for, for Minnesota's defense, just with what they had to replace, uh, but what we have seen goes so far beyond that, that that it feels a little bit like that Northwestern offense last year, where they could stop anybody, but they couldn't move the ball a lick. Um, you know, so that's that's kind of what Nebraska is looking at. It should be able to move the ball on this one, um, but again, you know, consistency is still the thing I think Nebraska needs to achieve the most. So you feel a little, a little nervous, even if there's a lot in Nebraska's favor when they have the football.
1: There's been some insinuation, and this is more Big Ten Network guys, but you look at Fleck. He's in year four. You had the magic in in year three. Uh, They got the Auburn bull win. They beat Penn State. They fought tooth and nail against Iowa right after that week of success. And, oh, look, Minnesota's eighth in the country. They could be a playoff team, and then they go get drilled. Uh, for Paul Bunyan's axe to, to end the regular season and dash their West Division hopes. My question about Minnesota is this with their defense. Jerry Kill and Dilly Barr did an amazing job with the, with Big Ten front sevens, and that's been a metamorphosis by Nebraska and Duvall and the recruiting, and you look how much better Nebraska is defensively, physically. Is this just a down COVID year for Minnesota's front seven defensively, or is this a sign of things to come where the old bar tab is almost closed with the the body types kill brought in?
6: Yeah, I, I, I'm not. Really, it's it's not last call for me yet as far as as Minnesota's defense goes. So. Kind of like I alluded to, you know, I remember writing the the yearbook preview for Minnesota <laughs> way back in May when we were. It seemed like we were full speed ahead for for a relatively regular football season, and you could just look at that defense. I think it was seven out of their top eight tacklers from the previous year were gone, um, obviously, and then they lost one of the best cornerbacks in the country. Um, so there was just a lot to replace there. So, like I said, you know, it, it was going to be a a little bit of a learning year i think defensively uh, under the best of circumstances and then you add this on top of it and yeah they they, they don't quite have the playmakers that they've they've had recently in, in the front seven and i think that's really the, the bigger deal like they're just pretty young there mm. waiting for some of those guys to develop you know Flex still recruited, and I I don't know off the top of my head exactly the breakdown of offensive, and defensive guys, but they're still recruiting at a pretty high level. So I I think the talent level should be okay, but it's definitely, you know, like I said, this one's a little bit hard to explain, even if you came in knowing, well, yeah, things aren't going to be what they were a year ago.
1: So let's go to the Minnesota offense. They put up numbers and points on folks, but it's, again, a far cry due to some departures and some opt-outs of what they were a year ago. They had a really good complimentary football team, right? Nebraska is striving for that. Interested in your take with, you know, is Nebraska able to kind of get back to form like they've shown the last two weeks against the run? To me, Vogues, it kind of breaks down to what, what does second down look like, right? Illinois had second and three, third and two all yep. day, and Peters did his thing with some short passes, uh, they didn't go deep a, a whole ton, but Illinois got the run game going. A couple of backs went over the century, Mark. Well, you've got Moe Ibrahim, who's really awesome and talented. You know, is Nebraska going to be able to make things difficult knowing what's coming and still be able to stop it with the Minnesota run game?
6: Yeah, I think that's the big the big question defensively. And if they are able to make it difficult, like they should be in, in pretty good shape uh if they don't, you might be in for a little bit of a, of a score fest, even, you know, which you don't see often when there's, there's some snow on the ground. So uh, the game could unfold that way. Minnesota. So it's still, it ranks 18th. I think in explosive passing plays last year. It was top five. And, you know, you had Tyler Johnson or Sean Bateman, um, don't have either of those guys. Johnson went to the draft and, and Bateman of course opted out then in, then back out which like Fleck to his credit has been gracious no matter what the the decision of the individual player was there we still have Chris Ottman bell. he's kind of their their big play guy um, but he'll obviously draw some additional focus now uh, w- without Bateman in, in the mix so. It really does come down to um, being able to, to keep Ibrahim contained and hold up against that run game. Gophers run it 72% of the time on first down, which, which is the highest in the Big Ten coming into this game. So so you have a good sense of what they're going to do. It's kind of just you got to line up, and, and they know the teams know that's what they're going to do, like try and stop it. And you think back to last year, Minnesota had a great scheme for Nebraska, particularly in the ground game keeping them in second and seven, second and six, things like that, it's going to be essential because they start to get, you know, second and five, second and four, then the whole playbook's available. And they're really good with some of the RPO and play action stuff that they do. So Nebraska's best kind of defense for that might be to just eliminate that option as much as possible.
1: Brandon Vogel's with us on Hale Varsity Radio. At Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter is uh, where you find him. Uh, His podcast, the I-80 podcast, uh, must listen to. Great breakdown in Nebraska, Minnesota. So let's flip it around here. Uh, A thought on Cam Taylor Britt specifically. Uh, You mentioned uh, Otman Bell. Uh, We've seen Cam do his thing against the Penn State secondary. We saw Cam do his thing. Last weekend against Bell, I know there was the, uh, the, 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 the car wreck that turned into an 89-yard touchdown that made you reach for the vodka. That said, um, Cam Taylor-Britt's playing incredible football. And uh, what were your expectations with him kind of moving full-time to corner? And uh, who's he reminding you of? What, what, what type of levels he at, in your opinion, right now for, for Nebraska in that secondary?
6: Yeah, so the, the move to corner, I guess, full-time uh, inserted a little bit of uncertainty, but I kind of entered this, this season thinking Cam uh, Taylor-Britt has the potential, he might already be, but certainly has the potential to be Nebraska's best player. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of where he's gotten to this season. You know, you start to think about 2021 a little bit, and who knows, uh, with everybody able to come back <laughs> who actually will, um, that's going to be a huge question nationwide. But I think going into to next year, he has solidified himself as really one of the kind of hearts of the team. Uh, and, and certainly one of the most talented players Nebraska has. And, and you know, what's interesting about that, he's, he's kind of a huge recruiting win, I think, for this staff, where, you know, maybe you haven't had as many of those so far um, that have declared themselves as where everyone can agree. Yeah, they're a huge, a huge win. Uh, in terms of players, it reminds me of, I'm trying to think, you know, Nebraska's had some really, really good corners and just defensive backs, uh, even recently. And I've said, you know, often before, I think that's a position Nebraska can really succeed in, in terms of recruiting. Uh, so, Cam Taylor Britt kind of keeps that going a little bit. Uh, kind of reminds me of Seante Evans a little bit, maybe not playing at quite that high a level yet, um, but I think he has that, that type of potential.
1: He does. Vogues, before we get out, I want to get your take on uh, Nebraska's offense and from a physicality standpoint, how how they can match up. I mean, the lines of scrimmage are, are your deal makers today. How how those play out are I'm going to tell you the story of a win or a loss today for Nebraska against Minnesota. And it's been well documented uh, with what Minnesota's allowing per play, you know, seven and a half per, you know, just snap it, bang it, second and three. Uh, easier said than done, uh, specifically with some some weather, right? So Nebraska's attack, do you, do you see more of a lean on Mills today, uh, or do you look at kind of the, uh, the one-two punch with uh, McCaffrey and Adrian at, in the quarterback run? Does Nebraska change much approach-wise from what they wanted to do against Purdue uh, looking forward here uh, running the ball against Minnesota?
6: Yeah, I don't know that they changed much, but I'm I kind of going into this one looking at Mills' carries or really, just carries outside of outside of the quarterbacks as, as a little bit of a health check on how things are going because as you mentioned, Nebraska should be able to have some success running the football. Too often, really going back to into last year, a, a lot of Nebraska's success over the past two seasons has in from from the run game you know i know i know mills finished the season strong there and you felt like maybe they turned a corner and then he didn't get to play a ton uh in the middle of this this short season but the is still i think leaning more on the quarterbacks in the run game than they would like to this is one where all of the numbers say and and just watching the games that that minnesota has played previously teams have been able to have success running the ball so if Nebraska doesn't I, I don't think it's necessarily a, uh, a death knell for for winning the game certainly but it would be a little it would raise some flags I think on just where this offensive line is at here at the end of this regular season and how much farther it needs to go um, and that's that's been a big question this year uh, just the offensive line play as a whole I don't think it's been quite as good as, as many expected and I would put myself in that category as well so here's one where you should be able to be pretty good now you got to go out and do it
1: this senior class give me a word to describe them
6: um adaptable um but which may not i guess you know
1: that makes I know sense
6: she's the word tough tough and 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 that's that's certainly it too um you know it's you just think of kind of the emotional swings for guys who were recruited by a previous staff, but all of the, you know, I'm sure the players, much like all of Nebraska and, and kind of college football as a whole was looked at the frost hire and was like, Oh, this is going to, this is going to turn around quick. And it hasn't. Um, and to fight through that, you know, is is certainly hard. I thought Brennan Hymas talking, you know, saying what he said this week about how, he wanted to see it through. Um, he didn't. He didn't want to be the guy who left because things got hard. Um, I think you've got that sort of group. And tip of the cap to them for for those that are still here and stuck it out.
1: Brandon Vogels with this catch his uh, reaction. HailVarsity and uh, read him uh, on the, uh, the 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 magazine. You can subscribe to HaleVarsityMagazine.com, Bundle that and uh, give that gift that keeps on giving. It's better than the Jelly of the Month Club. I guarantee you that. Eight five five three Husker HailVarsity backslash subscribe this holiday season. Vogues, uh, enjoy your football Saturday with Nebraska. And uh, thanks for jumping on this morning, man. Thank you take care all right brandon vogel with us sale varsity radio weekend edition we'll uh run down the iron horse gary sharp willie J has got his throwback big red lid on uh we'll talk a little hoops a little football some recruiting with sharpie uh we are 25 minutes away from cousin dino his prediction cousin dino's been on the money will he remain so uh, before we get out of here. Tail tale of our city weekend presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Glad to have you back. Yes, sir. You heard me right. Here are the
0: guys, Schmidt and Cranach. Well, Hector, here's the game plan. You're going to bring us two absolute martinis. You know how I like them, straight up. And then precisely seven and
5: one half minutes after that, you're going to bring us two more. then two more after that every five minutes until one of us passes out oh, excellent strategy sir
1: back to it weekend edition of hail varsity radio presented by the nebraska lottery a snow filled saturday it's nebraska it's minnesota and uh we welcome in the iron horse gary sharp sharpie did you get the shovel out this morning
5: uh you know what uh not yet um I'm, I'm waiting for the warm up to take care of my shoveling, but uh wow, who you know, this is supposed to be uh Nebraska minnesota it's supposed to be a little snow right we're supposed to eat a little dilly bar on the sidelines I mean welcome to football,
1: brother Dilly bar was go to I'm kind of a blizzard guy, but with Clay's doing the dilly bar thing and that 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 hoth system you know look alike uh, that 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 fateful Saturday, I think it was Ohio State uh, in Minnesota where Everybody who had H D T V back then was like, man, this was sweet. (laughs) And uh, a a good ball game. Uh, Minnesota fell, obviously, during the kill administration. But, wow, uh, fast forward to today, and a lot of things have been said. Nebraska seems to be kind of gathering some momentum. Nice win last weekend. uh, And the ability to kind of power through some adversity when things got tight. Do you have any grasp on, on what Minnesota shows up at all?
5: Now, this game's a tough to forecast until, you know, 30 minutes before kickoff to see exactly who's going to be out there for Minnesota. Um, you know, I imagine that there'll be a position group that will be pretty young uh, in terms of inexperience that will be forced to play. I don't believe, if you listen to the coaches talking, uh, that their main skill guys will be absent. But if they only have 55 players, I mean, you haven't played in. A couple of weeks. Uh, you went 10 days without practicing. I mean, it sets up really well for Nebraska, but you can't drink the poison. Um, and I think maybe Nebraska learned their lesson a couple of weeks ago, but this is all about Nebraska today, to continue to make some progress and, and try and turn this season into, uh, at the end of the day, when you can say it's a success.
1: Gary Sharps with us, the Iron Horse Hail Varsity Radio Weekend. You know, it is a different narrative, a different feel, and Let's go back to last Saturday, Sharpie, and just kind of the joy you saw. You saw two um, two post games in the Big Ten last Saturday. You saw joy and hugs, and we love this guy uh, in in Camp Randall with Coach Allen and in Indiana. And then you saw the same thing with guys when Frost was doing his post game with Pizzo on BTN where you just saw the joy on the face of, of so many guys to go to go get a win. This team wants it so bad, and it's been hard to come by to get wins. But uh, back to that momentum and that lesson learned, you know, it, better late than never, I guess, Gary, with, with Nebraska's focus. And uh, last year, how much of, of the beatdown carries over to this year? Not just the revenge side, but – just remembering what happened, just getting out physical. Is that is that something Nebraska has been able to draw from as they get ready for for today?
5: Well, I think that was part of the learning experience throughout the Big Ten, and that's one thing that's pretty evident this year. Is Nebraska physically in the trenches looks more like a Big Ten team where they will be with, with able to withstand uh, a Minnesota team that prides themselves on being physical. Um, I don't know. You know, PJ Fleck is still on the sidelines. There's that weird curiosity that. Nebraska has with P.J. Fleck. Um, you know, it, it's they, they did some things last year. They were a good team, and they exploited some holes in Nebraska's defense last year. And You know, you kind of look at Minnesota's defense this year. They look like the 2019 Nebraska defense. Uh, they can't stop any running backs. Uh, they can't tackle. They can't set edges. Um, I, I think it's – see, that I go back to it's all about Nebraska. Nebraska, it's very rare they've won back-to-back games, especially in the conference. And, you know, there's only one time that I can really put my finger on where Nebraska had momentum during the course of a season, and that was at the end of Scott's first season where they beat Minnesota. You remember that game in 18 where I think Adrian Martinez had his best game as a Husker, and that, I kind of have that feel today on how that, how that game went, how today is going to go. Um, But then the way that finished up, Ohio State wins against Illinois, Michigan State, the way the Iowa game played out. But you haven't been able to recapture that momentum. And there's a serious chance to grab some momentum with the way you've played post-Illinois at Iowa, Purdue, win today, Rutgers next week more than likely, and then see what happens if there's a bowl game to be had. And you've got some momentum. So this is about Nebraska today. To continue to get better, don't need wild plays, just need steps forward so that you can sell the process uh, going into 21.
1: Gary Sharp is with us. Hale Varsity Radio Weekend. Uh, let's talk position group, and we kind of spent a second on it with the, the physicality side of things. But uh, take a second and and let's uh, pat the defensive line on the back specifically, Coach Tuioti, and and what and Coach Duvall really just what Nebraska's got up front. That'll be key today. That'll be key moving forward in in the Big Ten. But you know. Uh, Touch on the job he's done and the development that's occurred.
5: Well, You're absolutely right. I, I think if you are handing out raises, Tony Tuyote is first in line. The way he has developed his group of guys, uh, the way that he has recruited as well. you know, And he's only been here for a couple of years, and he was an outsider. There was no connection to Scott Frost when he got hired. And we looked at his position and said, okay, they're starting to look like Big Ten bodies. I'll check back in 21. Well, Tony Tuioti said, not so fast. <laughs> we're going to show you that we're not going to get blown off the ball against the likes of Ohio State and Northwestern and Iowa, and my group is going to develop as the season goes along, and he's absolutely right. He's got a fantastic year out of Ben Stilley. Interior, Ty Robinson has played well at times. Casey Rogers has really come on and has expanded his game where he's going to be someone you count on. And then Damian Daniels. Damian Daniels is really kind of the sign of the Tuyoti development. Here's a guy that last year couldn't play a lot of consecutive snaps, and he wasn't great technique-wise. He would have one play and then two plays bad. Well, all of a sudden, he goes up against Linderbaum, the the NFL center for Iowa, and holds his own and wins a couple of those battles and then plays well last week against Purdue. You can see him coming. Uh, That's a group that you'd be nice. You don't have to worry about going into 21. I I think they've made a great development, and that's also helped the rest of that defense – It's helped the linebackers develop as well because it's kept them clean. And they're just part of a defense that – the defense of Nebraska is going to be what it is. It's a bend, don't break. It's not going to be a continual top-ten defense. They're going to do enough. Man, they have done a lot this year. Probably Eric Chenander and his whole group of coaches and players needs a little bit more love because Nebraska has shown significant progress on defense. Not where we all want them to be, but they've definitely kept Nebraska in football games outside of one hiccup against Illinois.
1: Gary Sharps with us, Sharpie. You look at the conditions outside. You look at Minnesota with Morgan, a far cry this year from last year due to COVID. And 2020 being what it is, you you lost some, some outside help that graduated and went to the league with Minnesota's offense. It was just incredible last year. But you still got big old Mo running the football. Level of concern out of 10 with Mo running the ball today against this Nebraska front.
5: Well, he's probably going to run it 30 times, and he's really good. You think about it, he's, for the last couple of years, split carries, and he's ninth all-time at a school that's produced some really good running backs, kind of sneaky uh, development of running backs that have gone on to play in the league. He's really good. He's going to be the running back of the year. Their offensive line isn't what it was last year. I mean, this is a weird football team. Uh, you know, they, they had the offseason with COVID. They also had, um, you know, you're, you're in Minneapolis. You have a lot of social issues that are going on, and Minnesota was right there in the middle of it. Uh, then you had, when the season was stopped, you had almost a sense of relief. Thank you for Big Ten looking out for us. And then you had to ramp it up again. You had more COVID issues. You had opt-outs. Uh, you lost your best player in Bateman. It's a weird team. They'll come to compete. P.J. Fleck won't let them roll over, um, but they've got, they've got issues across the board outside of Morgan and Ibrahim. You know, defense, what we just were talking about. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at special teams. Special teams for Minnesota is a nightmare. They've only attempted three field goals. They've only made two of them. Uh, They haven't kicked a field goal longer than 41 yards in the last two years. And 58 of their last 60 punts have uh, gone less than 50 yards. So they're a work in progress. I think they get a COVID mulligan after what they did last year. Um, But keep an eye on Minnesota because they've lost a lot of that defensive talent from last year. That belonged to the Kill and Clay's era, that PJ Flex got to replenish the cupboard on defense. But they'll play hard today. I think this is where Nebraska can't fall into that hole of, oh, we should beat them. We're a 10.5 point favorite. Hey, you learned your lesson a couple of weeks ago. Nebraska needs to come out like they did against Purdue, start fast, have quarterback play with Martinez that is smart and efficient. You don't need a bunch of wow plays. Plus, it helps that Dedrick Mills is back. Boy, he takes a whole a lot of uh, stuff off the plate of Adrian Martinez and that whole offense when you have Mills that is hitting the holes and running and doing all the things that he does from running the ball to blocking and uh, picking up blitzes.
1: Sharpie, uh, a thought with Nebraska's progress, and let's focus on the offensive side. I mean, Nebraska's defense did a great job a week ago against some explosive guys, D and up, rallying to the football, Three three Husker hats around the ball carrier. So that looked really good. That looked... Uh, similar to Iowa, that looks similar to Northwestern, that looks similar to Ohio State. I, Illinois is kind of on its own island with, with that performance. But Nebraska's passing game, the short game, Adrian's looked really crisp the last couple of weeks. Uh, touch on the, the wide receiver uh, development and just, hey, someone's doing a drag route, Sharpie, over the middle for uh, for some yards after catch, and that guy's named Wandale.
5: Well, you know, you think about it, uh, you know, Adrian has been on fire the last two games in his completion rate. And, I mean, he's nearly 71% for the season. He's still going to have the issue of throwing the ball downfield. He's 12-24 of with any passes that travel 10 yards or more. So that's an issue. Um, but they've said, you know what, we're not going to say let's go wow with him. Let's do what he does best, and let's get the ball in the hands of Wondell Robinson and let Wondell Robin- Robinson do what he does best. And that's been a huge benefit for Nebraska. And then you've seen... That's come along, and you've seen other wide receivers that know what they're doing, and they're the only ones playing that have really helped Martinez. So the offense isn't anywhere near what we think it's going to be, but for what they need right now just to simply win football games, I think it's efficient enough, and it really benefits Adrian Martinez. And, boy, uh, he has changed the conversation in that position in the last couple of weeks. I mean, it was only a week ago Mackenzie Milton's name was mentioned all over the place. (laughs) Now we're talking about is Adrian Martinez back to the old Adrian Martinez that maybe. He needed a preseason camp and a spring ball, and he got it in the first couple of games. He got to the bench, realized what was going on, and now we're starting to see this Adrian, this stage of Adrian Martinez's career.
1: Sharpie, I want to go to recruiting. I know you got your finger on the pulse of, of recruiting, early signing days Wednesday. Thoughts on, on where Nebraska's at with their defensive line chase and comment on the Avante Dickerson situation uh, what what may be likely with him? The tra- the tremendous talent out of out of West Side that's currently committed to the Gophers.
5: Well, I think Buckley was a good pickup last week, uh, just to add to that defensive line mix. It's a top twenty class. Um, I don't know that it's a wow class. I mean, you do have the number one tight end in the country. I think Nebraska is not done. Uh, they could add to it on the defensive line. Uh, they could add to it, of course, through the portal. Uh, they could add to it in February. Um, but it's it's where Nebraska should be recruiting, um, but they're going to, this will be a class that is going to need some guys that are developed quickly with Avante Dickerson, who committed back to, to Minnesota back in April, sight unseen. Uh, it's until Avante Dickerson says something, we can all speculate. I, I've gotten to know him. He keeps a lot of things close to the vest. You know, he lets other people talk. Um, Kobe Bretts is very close to him. You know, that's a huge pickup for Nebraska. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen on Wednesday. I, I still tend to believe that Avante Dickerson is going to follow through. He's pretty loyal and sign with Minnesota. But that's something to keep an eye on until we get to Wednesday. If he elects not to sign with Minnesota, if he elects to wait, then if he elects to wait, then that's something up with Nebraska. It doesn't necessarily mean it's just Avante Dickerson. Nebraska may have something else in the mix when it comes to defensive backs, but it's about to get wild with recruiting. It's kind of snuck up on us the early signing period. And you have some decisions on seniors, who's going to stay, who's going to go, what that does to your roster, what that does to certain guys that are behind seniors that are thinking they'll get to play in 21. Um, The next couple of weeks are going to be really interesting with college football. And then remember, when the portal opens up and everybody gets a free transfer, watch out, wild, (laughs) wild west.
1: It is. And I, I look at some of the seniors that, as well as Nebraska's defense has progressed, Think of, again, not to, to put 2020 to bed with Minnesota week nine and then maybe a bowl game for Nebraska, but think of where this defense is at and think if you get that bonus year, and I don't know if you'll get it with Doman, or uh, maybe you would with Stilly. but you look at Honus and Stilly, and, and uh, uh, of course, Doman, and then you've got both your safeties are really physical and have done a nice job. I think I think both your safeties probably move on. But, man, if you could get a, a, a little uh, bonus step here with Honus and those two other guys I mentioned, I mean, your defense could really, really be something, well, better than special
5: next year. Yeah, it's positions you wouldn't have to worry about. Um, I think those individuals worry about my future. Am I ready to go into the real world and give a crack at the NFL? Some of them look in the mirror, Smitty, and they go, man, I'm 23, 24. I've been here for five years. <laughs> yeah. I kind of, I'm ready to move on. I've done everything I've done in my career, and I feel like I'm leaving the program in a good place. Um, but you're right. There's a couple of those guys that you say, hey, what do you think about spending another year in Lincoln? I'll tell you, a guy that, I, that will be a close watch will be Diedrich Mills. I thought he was going to run off to the NFL after this year, get a lot on tape. It didn't happen because of injuries. But you can see, now that he's been back the last couple of weeks, how important he is for Nebraska in a running back room that has been besieged by injuries and some uh, absences, you don't know, if it's not Dedrick Mills, guys, you don't know who the number one running back is in 21. There's no guy that has established himself. There's running backs there, but, man, that would be a luxury to have Dedrick Mills come back in 21. But he's also somebody that I believe next year would roll around, and he'd be 24 years old. And don't discount that. That's a big thing in guys' lives in terms of, okay, I'm getting up there, it's time to get into the real world or go to the NFL or what position I play. I don't want to put as much uh, wear and tear on the tires. Mills certainly hasn't done that this year. Uh, He's a guy I I would, you know, if you're Nebraska, you'd love to have. Um, But I I think that's kind of a a, a toss-up because I know he has aspirations of playing in the NFL.
1: You know, it is a thing with the mileage number in college before you go to the NFL because you put a ton of mileage on as a ball carrier or as a situational guy in the league. If you can find your way, as is kind of a part of a one-two lead back punch in the league. Gary Sharp's with us, Sharpie. To the running backs, real quick. If Mills is is done, this is the uh, the the, the send off for him. Assuming Nebraska doesn't get a home ninth game. Scott Johnson, uh, Morrison, or who else? I mean, who of these guys that we haven't seen a ton of this year? Who do you feel best to, about to, to complement Nebraska's run game in the future of the young pups? Uh, who who can maybe step forward or who's a candidate to do that uh, and maybe separate
5: himself? Well, uh, you got Tompkins in the mix as well. Um, I'll be curious. Morrison could be a go. Goad- I mean, is cleared to play today. Uh, you might see him, and we have kind of all been anticipating what he might be like. I think Ramir Johnson is one to watch. When when, when Ramir has gotten his chance. We've seen what he can do. Um, We've seen what Marvin Scott can do. It's just a room that if there's no Mills, you're really going to have to figure out roles for these guys. Are they inside, outside guys? What to do with them? That's another thing with Nebraska. Moving forward is, can Nebraska find that true number one running back that you rely on? Because it seems like Nebraska's been in a stretch for a while, maybe for a decade or so, where you don't have that true number one. You know, Mills was supposed to be that guy. This year is a wash, in my opinion, running back. But in the future, can Nebraska uh, get that guy? But there's guys there. I don't know that anybody has performed behind Mills that you would go, well, that guy's the the leader in spring to be the number one running back. But maybe it'll play out over the next couple of uh, days. But if we get to see Morrison, I'll be very curious to see what kind of Sabian Morrison we see from uh, the tape we saw as a record-setting running back in Tulsa.
1: Dude, that guy can ball. You've just been waiting and waiting to see him at the college level. Last thought, Sharpie, thanks again. Gary Sharp with us. Isaac Zadiska, Elkhorn South. Uh, Status on him in Nebraska. What's your feel there? A guy can play ball. He can snap the ball.
5: Yeah, he's he's pretty tenacious. I've watched him for uh, three years on that really good offensive line at Elkhorn South. Um, He's been very patient. I think the pandemic and not being able to get out and about and for coaches to come watch him play has hurt him. Uh, now, you know, like Missouri recently offered him a walk-on spot. They're looking at tape. Um, you know, I, I, think, I think there's a chance with Nebraska. You know, of course, Dad John and Uncle Rob, mm-hmm. uh, they would love them to play at Nebraska. You know, Matt Hoskinson's son, who also is at Elkhorn South, just got a, a walk-on offer from Nebraska. Uh, we will see with Isaac. He's a really good player. You get him in your program, he's going to work hard. He's going to develop. Um, and he's going to make you say no to him uh, in terms of uh, limiting his playing ability. Uh, we'll, we'll see. I, I think that's one to watch. Um, Nebraska's interested, but Isaac does have a couple of really good options. Speaking of which, I, I think, you know, kind of lost maybe a little bit in the, uh, the euphoria of uh, beating Purdue and the way Nebraska started and the way they held on. Cameron Jurgens. Didn't have a bad snap on Saturday. Can we do it two in a row today with the conditions being a little bit different?
1: You're right on it. Give me good snaps if you're a Nebraska fan. Take care of that football with the winter wonderland. Gary Sharp. Sharpie, we'll see you on the sixth floor here shortly. Thanks for the time today.
5: As always, Schmidty, thank you. Happy holidays. You too, buddy.
1: There he is. Gary Sharp with us, the Iron Horse. It's Hale Varsity Radio. A quick timeout. We'll wind down the weekend edition. Cousin Dino on the way with his prediction up next.
2: Early to rise with Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Here's Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranich. Well, the
1: folks in the desert have dropped the line. The line now eight and a half. Nebraska favored. Aye. Let's uh, welcome in Cousin Dino, the biggest and best Nebraska fan. The man with the RV that's been to every game that he's possibly been able to allow be a lot into we welcome in cousin dean schmidt dino uh good morning it's snowy in lincoln how are you
4: i'm good i'm good chris uh, just uh, thinking this morning about how much fun this segment is it has been for me uh, particularly as i look back over you know the particular opponent we're playing that week and uh I was wanting you to phone another cuz after that Illinois game, but I'll stay on for another <laughs> week or two
0: if
1: you don't mind. You know, it it worked out. We felt good about Purdue. Uh, Iowa was Iowa. And, yeah, the uh, the Illinois game is – we can't burn that out of our memories. That said, yeah. you got a chance to, to do the right thing today if you're Nebraska football. What do you make of the line dropping from 10 and a half down to – Eight and a half. Uh, that's the, the, the number I've got in front of me this morning on ESPN.
4: Well, I, I took it at 11. Um, originally. Of course you did. I'd sure <laughs> like to have it have it at eight. But, um, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's the weather. Um, maybe it's the history of the games. I, I really don't know. I, I, I do have a couple questions uh, for you this morning. Um, you know, if we look back in history, the teams that we've owned – you Know what's a couple that come to mind, and I'll assist you if you, if you get uh, stumped here. But well, uh,
1: Kansas and Kansas State, and Iowa State, Kansas,
4: Kansas State, Oklahoma State. Um, Minnesota was one of those teams, too. Um, you perhaps don't know it, but um, we owned them uh, 16 straight during the period of time from 63 to 2012. Um, but Minnesota also leaves. And I think they may be the only team that we played historically that leads us in the series from nineteen hundred till now.
1: They uh they cranked out some national championship things in the sixties and yep. they were good in the fifties and they were pretty good post World War two. So yeah, they yep. were they were pretty nice. Now, we were talking yesterday about the uh well the time that, that the, the the triplets, Rogier, Gill and Fryer had to go back in <laughs> because uh the, the backups Got tired in '83, an '80, an '84 to 13 win at the Metrodome.
4: I was, I was this on my list, but you know, two <laughs> things: Minnesota gave us our worst home loss ever, 61 to seven, and then we gave them their worst loss in Minnesota, 84 to 13. And I was there. Mm. That was uh, that was some kind of game.
1: Some thoughts cool. today, Dean Schmidt with his cousin Dino, his prediction on Hale Varsity. So I I'm gonna bring the uh, the Barry Switzer fur coat for your cutout today, just so you're warm uh, in the north end zone. Uh, but uh, break this down for me: what happens, and why does Nebraska win? And did you take the points? Did you give the points?
4: Well, I took I took the points, and I've got us winning thirty-four to twenty today, Chris. I. Um, I think it's one of those moments we start the rollover process all over again, and we give them a little payback from last year, and uh, it's going to be a Husker win,
1: a Husker win. Thirty-four to thirty-four to twenty is what cousin Dino says. Now, there's two yeah. two places that have kind of come up on the radar with potential bowl destinations. Let's get ahead of ourselves for a second. Uh, maybe Phoenix, maybe Charlotte. And uh, that'd be uh, that'd be all right. Uh, Charlotte's not too far. Uh, for, well, it's not close, but it, it's closer than than Lincoln is my point. <laughs> for well, a
4: ball, uh, close it's close to where I'm living out here. Either one are in my wheelhouse, but they really only make sense if we can actually attend in person. Otherwise, just watch them on the tube, you know.
1: No, I know. We'll see. We'll see if yeah. that that uh, the fans are allowed or not. Cousin Dino yeah. says 34 to 20, uh a Husker victory today. Cousin Dino, we'll, we'll talk next week, probably get your take on Nebraska-Rutgers. How's that sound? Sounds wonderful. All right, Dino. Love you, buddy. There he is. You bet. Bye. Cousin Dino says, uh, Nebraska with the cover, Nebraska with the win, Nebraska closer to 500 and maybe a bowl situation. Okay, keep it on ESPN. Lincoln, real red reaction, immediately following Nebraska-Minnesota. Give us your calls, your thoughts, your emails, your tweets. Nick Gregeth, Bill Hooks, Schmitty, and Willie J. It will be a party. And hopefully one of those celebratory parties with a Nebraska win if you're a big Red fan. Real Red Reaction, ESPN Lincoln, as soon as we're done. Nebraska-Minnesota, have a good uh, football Saturday.